This is The Medical Republic. I'm Francine Crimmins. And on the podcast, we have had the pleasure of hosting all six candidates who are in the running to be the next RACGP president. This episode, I'm joined by Associate Professor Eamon Shenouda, a GP based in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, and the current College Vice President and also Acting President. Welcome to the podcast, Eamon. Oh, thank you for having me, Francine. Thank you for making the time. And most people would probably know you from the various positions you've had in the college over the last few years. But for those who don't know you, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes, uh, I'm, as you said, uh, Francine, I'm, I'm a GP in Wagga Wagga. I've been working in Wagga Wagga for the last 20 years. I've been involved with a leadership position in the college uh, for over the last 15 years. And uh, you know, during this time, I have proudly represented the college and and communicated with state and federal government to advocate on behalf of our profession. Uh, my role with the college was basically, uh, uh, you know, focused on rural general practice, by, but my passion is about general practice as a whole. I need, I want to see general practice unified, strengthened, and in charge of its own destiny. I have chaired various organizations over the years, and I have been uh, a company director on the college for the last six years. Uh, I'm graduated of the Australian Institute of Company Director, and I believe I have the skills needed to govern a large organization like the RACGP. I understand all levels of the college, from expert committees to examination to census, to policy development, and I think with a newly appointment CEO, my experience in the college will help. And what skills and experience do you see as being the most important for the next president of the college to have? Look, I, I think a, a collaborative, unified uh, uh, profession is very important, and I think uh, I think I, I have a track record of, of proving that I can do that. Uh, my The famous Colling Grove agreement between RSGP and ACRAM is a testament to my ability to be able to do that. As you know, there, there was uh, the college, uh, the two colleges have, haven't sat together and sat on an agreed position for 25 years. And I'm privileged to be able to, to, to deliver uh, uh, the Colin Grove Agreement, which is really a definition of what a rural journalist is, and together we worked with 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 Akram, and now we are applying uh, to APRA and the AMC to get a recognition of rural journalist as a subspecialty of gender practice. Over the next two years, every college, and you've just mentioned Akram, but the RECGP as well, will have to face an issue, and that is that doctors may not have to be a member any longer to have their CBD home with the college. What do you think that the RACGP needs to do in order to be seen as a valuable proposition to members to stay a part of it? Our college is the professional home of of, of our members. So I, CPD is one of many services that the college offer to its members. Uh, there is an opportunity in the near future to improve those services. I think we need to engage more with the members to design what's most appropriate services that meet their needs. We have 
you know, like like we did with the advocacy role at the college. I remember where I was on the college board six years ago when the college have responded to the membership and started on uh, an advocacy campaign. And I think we have delivered on this uh, to a great deal. There's still a lot of work to be done, uh, but I think we are on the right path with the advocacy. In terms of the CPT program itself, I think we need to have a, a more flexible and robust and contemporary uh, CPD program uh, that addresses the needs of our members. There's also need for restructuring of our membership fees uh, to reflect, again, value added to the members at different stages of their journeys. So I understand a, a, a doctor, a, a, you know, a, a recently a qualified uh, doctor needs are different than a doctor who's been around for a while. And we need to adjust our membership fees to fulfill the needs of doctors at different stages of their journey. And you've talked a little bit about that need for advocacy and the direction that the college is going in pushing a bigger focus on advocacy. Uh, people keep saying that there's so much opportunity at the moment for general practice to really push their agenda in Canberra. How will you ensure, for example, that telehealth funding remains in place after September? Look, I think I think actually general practice would play a very important role uh, and that the government will rely on the capacity and capability of general practice in uh, uh, addressing the health issues uh, in the recovery face of the current crisis. Mental health, public health, and immunization, of course, keeping people well and increased productivity would be a high priority. But also caring for people with chronic disease who have been affected during the pandemic and haven't had good access to general practice. And the biggest thing of all at the moment is the aged care and the reform of aged care. So I think there's a great opportunity to position ourselves and offer the solution for the future challenges facing our nation. Uh, Telehealth is, is, is one of those solutions that's been offered as a result of the pandemic. I'm very optimistic that it will stay. However, it needs to be uh, initiated by patients and the consultation should be carried out by the patient's own GP or own practice. And it needs to be part of a quality framework to ensure quality care for our patients. What concrete steps do you think need to be taken in terms of improving that lobbying power in Canberra so that the general practice voice can be heard loud and clear? As I said before, I mean, the college journey with advocacy have started a long time ago, six years ago, that we advocated and we started putting a, a really strategically a well-designed plan for the future. And it started with the ads, although the ads wasn't uh, some members did like them and some members didn't like them. But the idea of the ads were to actually position general practice with the public and actually position it with the government too. And to show the college as a representative body of uh, uh, 40,000 members. And that's very powerful. Uh, I remember when I started with the college as, a, as the chair of the rural faculty, it, it seems to be difficult to get an appointment with a health minister. Uh, now, uh, the health minister would like to have the approval of the College of any initiatives that goes forward. 
So there's, there's really, we reached a, a point there that is very satisfactory. I think there's still a lot of work to be done, but I think we need to continue on what we have developed at the moment uh, with, the, with, the, with the politicians. And, and there is a lot of challenges happening facing the government at the moment. I think the best, the, the general practice is in a, really positioned in a good position to address those problems for the future. So we need to, to, to invest and, and continue on the advocacy. I mean, a simple thing like, you know, that the health minister have got a 10-year plan for primary health. And I think the college is very well suited in this plan. And actually, well, the, the vision document that the college has, has uh, produced over the last few years, actually, it, it just suits very well within what, what the government wants to do. And I think there's no doubt there is need a serious investment in general practice to be able to deliver and address the challenging facing our nation in the future. As you've mentioned before, you've had quite a few years of experience in the college and also as a GP as well. What do you see as some of the problems that members have either with the college or as a GP at the moment and the challenges that the college faces and what you'd like to fix during your term? I think one of the most important thing is is this uh, relationship with with the members, uh, and I think one of the first thing that I would do uh, is to make sure we have a, a a plan of membership engagement that to be delivered very earlier on in my presidency, and that means that the, the college is accessible to members and and there's clear uh, uh, pathways to what the member if the member wants to talk to the the, the college or want to address issues with the college is a, a clear way of doing that and if they want to do it with the president I also want to be approachable and people can approach me to address things so this is one very important thing I just don't want to miss on a very important issue that the college is you know is going to address in the near future which is training so I guess we worked so hard to get training back to the college and there's a huge opportunity now for the college uh, to deliver a robust training that attract young doctors and also reward supervisors to the work they do, but, but also address the complexity and the scope of general practice that we seem to have lost a lot of our scope. And I think it's a great opportunity now to get to, to to deliver a training that is flexible and contemporary and adaptable. We need to remember that the training of the future generation is the foundation of a healthy profession. Out of the themes of advocacy, education and governance, do you see one as needing the most care or to take the most priority for the college in the next two years or are they all equal? I think it's very important not to focus on one issue over another so advocacy, education, and membership engagement are my focus and the focus of the college. The college is in a stage of having a new CEO, a new structure within the college, and I think, uh, and that's very encouraging because this is a, a big opportunity for the college to focus. Uh, we have designed a new strategic plan, and and with a new CEO, we're just going to restructure in the college to focus on those three main issues. Uh, and and I think it's it's you cannot sort of focus on 
on on one and and leave the other because they are all interconnected, and they are. It's very important to address them all uh, uh, together. Because you are a GP that is a rural advocate or known to be a rural advocate, I was going to ask how you think that you might be able to represent the voice of regional and rural GPs in the college. Look, I. Uh, I, I've been doing the rural chair for the last six years, and I, I don't think there's, a, there's any uh, place in Australia that I haven't visited, whether it's rural or urban. And and that's that's my my, my focus is about all GPs uh, and and addressing the issues that are on the ground. And you cannot do that without listening to GPs on the ground. Look, GPs and communicating with GPs is is amazing because the solutions are there and you cannot dictate a solution. So people think that uh, as a president, you have got all the answers. Actually, the answers are within the membership. And and a good president is the president who listens to members and and keep notes of what he's been told and try to address that because... You know, on the ground is is the reality, and and we need to not having the college in Melbourne, <laughs> and people think that the college is taking its own decision, and that's one of the things that really uh, encouraged me to 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 put myself up to be a president is going around and listening to various ideas and uh, and listening to grassroots GPs of what are the solutions on the ground have encouraged me really to to take that you know and advocate for them and make sure that we uh, uh, achieve something my record of achievement you know i have achieved a lot in in my time uh, i have achieved some extra funding for training uh, through the rural genus pathway i have achieved as i said before the colin grove agreement which is an agreement with akram I achieved a new fellowship, which is called the Rural Generous Fellowship, that's hopefully will be delivering from uh, next year. And that was as a result of communicating with members and understanding what the issues on the ground is and what's needed in rural. There's no reason why I cannot do this uh, in the urban and regional environment too. And the last question that I've been asking everyone is, what is the main message for your campaign that you'd like to tell Australian GPs? Look, my main mission is, is if we work together, we achieve a lot to this uh, profession. I think uh, my mission is about unity. I think it's uh, it's it's very different when, uh, uh, and I feel that again with the agreement with Akram is that if you get all people involved in one room and start thinking about what's common between us as as different organisations or lead lead organization in general practice. We are all passionate about general practice. We all want to deliver for general practice. So instead of us putting different documents with different organizations to the minister or to whoever is in charge, I would like to see more of a unified approach, one document that addresses the issues and have a one voice to general practice so we can address really the you know, and not to the government is sometimes is very good at, at dividing those organisations, and I, I just want to combat that with a, a unified approach uh, to deliver for GPs on the ground. 
Just on that point, do you see training coming back to the colleges as one way that will kind of mend that relationship? Absolutely. Not only the training, to be honest with you. So the training is one one thing, and I think we need to work all together as different organizations into trying to have a, a, a robust training that, 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 as I said before, attract junior doctors and and uh, address uh, uh, the, the the future of, or the the foundation of, of our our profession. Uh, but in advocacy, in in the role of primary health, you know, it, it seems like we are all talking the same language and we've got a lot of similarity. Uh, it's time to unite this this and and talk in one language the future. Dr. Shunuda, thank you so much for your time and for coming on the program. Thank you so much. And I'll also put a link to your candidate website on the Medical Republic page where this podcast is posted and so people can find out more about you and your campaign as well.